Last week, I sent out a survey asking you what your biggest songwriting struggle was and got a bunch of different responses, but there was one very common through line. So in this episode, we are going to talk about why you and I might be struggling with finishing our songs. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Adala. Honored that you would take some time out of your busy day, your busy week, to talk songwriting with me. You could be listening to Rogan or something like that, but instead, you are listening to somebody talk about songwriting. That means songwriting is important to you, and that's exciting to me because otherwise, why am I making this, right? <laughs> if nobody cares about songwriting, then this would just be extremely extremely depressing because I'd be talking to nobody. So it means a lot that you take some time out of your day to talk songwriting with me. Extra moving, of course, that you chose this songwriting podcast. But in general, I'm just glad that people still care about the craft of songwriting in the modern world where it feels like sometimes art forms are dying and people are looking for, uh, I don't know, the results of being famous with art without actually wanting to learn the art itself. But anyway, Thanks for being here. I appreciate that. We're talking about the three things I think that most get in the way of us finishing songs. And I'm using the term us intentionally. I might say you throughout this podcast, because for the most part, I'm trying to help you with the podcast. What's why the podcast exists. Uh, but don't misinterpret that. It absolutely this almost everything I'm going to say today is absolutely self-talk as well. Uh, I think I had a recent breakthrough, which we will talk about at the end. So we're going to talk about the three things that I think get in our way. And then at the end, I'm going to give what currently I have been doing that has at least for me worked as a solution with any solution. There's going to be exceptions. It's not going to work every time. Um, but I think that it's important to not just talk about why we have the problem, but actually give a solution. And certainly I have one that I feel like certainly has been working for me recently and has been really just just awesome for songwriting uh, that I that um, I started recently. So I want to share that with you. If you haven't already, be sure to grab my new free 20 ways to start writing a song free guide. It is shorter than the old guide. I'm pretty sure I think significantly shorter might be like half the size, uh, but it has double the ways to start a song. Really try to trim it down, make it more helpful, make it less wordy, make it something that you can just grab. And then you always have a list of 20 with just enough of an explanation of each of the 20 to get you started, because I think some explanation is necessary or perhaps at least helpful, but trimmed it down quite a bit. I think the explanation of each of the 10 in the previous version of the guide was like a page and a half on average each. Now it's more like a couple paragraphs at most. Uh, so it's trimmed down, made more helpful, and there are double the ways. So be sure to grab that songwritertheory.com slash free guide. It desperately needed to be updated because, well, <laughs> I made the original version five years ago now, I think. Um, so def definitely needed to be updated and it is updated. So be sure to grab that if you haven't already since what a week ago or something, I think was when I first put that new version out. But let's dive into what we're talking about today. One of the main things that seems to be blocking us from finishing songs is that we've gotten in our own heads. And I'm going to be given some quotes that some people gave to me when they answered this survey. I will give exact quotes. No, I won't say who said them because, you know, maybe they don't want me to share that. 
Um, and and also thank you for to everyone who filled this survey out. Super helpful to me. It will help me help you better. And also don't think this isn't the one piece of content that's going to come out of your answers. So if you had a different concern, a different thing you're struggling with, and it's not finishing songs as we're talking about today, don't worry. Uh, we <laughs> more will be coming. More will be coming. It's uh, very helpful. But um, I will be giving some exact quotes today. Uh, but I don't want to embarrass anybody or anything, so I'm not. I'm not going to say names. So we've gotten in our own heads. Let me give just a few quotes from people that I think connect to this idea that we've gotten in our own heads. Struggling to find something original to say and an original way to say it. It's true that there is nothing new under the sun, but there must be a way to break out of the treadmill. And I think this is coming from a good place. Um, but it is one of those things where I think sometimes we get in our heads, right? You're too, we might get too obsessed with, I have to find a new way to say something instead of just thinking I need to say something. <laughs> and, you know, the more I practice saying something, I will find new, better ways to, to say something that has been said before. Um, but, but we're going to dive deeper into that. The, the tension that I think is always existing in art uh, which which is sort of that that tension between you know quality and quantity, but we'll dive into that in a little bit. Another quote: If I'm feeling in love, where where do I start when I when where where do I start when choosing a chord progression? If I'm ticked off, they said pissed off. So if if I'm pissed off, where to start when writing the melody? Another quote, some people say creative blocks don't exist. For me, it's been a resistance I've been forcing for quite a while. But I can have so, but it can have so many causes. Is it age? Is it perfectionism? Is it anxiety? Is it overthinking? Is it something I was told as a kid? Was it never there in the first place? Have I lost the ability to play and explore like a child? Am I holding on too much without embracing the unknown possibilities? Am I predicting the outcome before I can start? And then a fourth one, I am afraid to write lyrics. Really short, I am afraid to write lyrics, but man, there is a lot just in, the, in that quote. And by the way, just, just by the way that some of you word these, I'm like, ah, oh, don't worry, you're, you're a songwriter. I mean, that some people say creative blocks don't exist. For me, it's been a resistance I've been forcing for quite a while but it can have so many causes. Is it age? Is it perfect? Just, just the in self insight in that quote tells me that you are just fine outside of what we're about to talk about, which is we've gotten in our own heads. And I think the best way to get out of our own heads is to force ourselves to just go. And I know that sounds easier said than done, right? So let's address, let's address that because sure it is easier said than done to an extent, but a great way, I think, to sort of get past that roadblock is instead of building our own campfire or building our own house, we buy a house that's already been built and we remodel it, or we borrow a campfire that's already been built. Or we, we, instead of forcing ourselves to rub two sticks together to try to get a spark, we just, you know, use a match, which really connects to what we talked about in a recent episode about reducing the friction. And some ways to do that are starting with a drum beat, right? Because silence 
isn't inspiring. And very often, I think that's that's where we get in trouble is we sit down and we say, all right, write something brilliant self. And that's just way too much pressure. And just doing something like you have a song you like, there's some new song that came out or some older song that you've loved for years, literally steal that drum beat or make a drum beat that's very similar or go to drumbit.app and start with a drum beat, especially in a style you've never written before. Maybe you've never really done a funk sounding song. So you pick a funk beat or steal a chord progression, right? Uh, There's been a lot of suing going on around this, uh, but for the most part, one of the through lines as it's been established, you can't steal a chord progression or seen another way, you can steal chord progressions because they are not copyrightable. They're not because there's just, there's just not enough of them, frankly. And so you could take a song you like and literally be like, okay, I'm going to write my own song utilizing the chord progression that's used in my favorite part of that song. Is there a song where you just absolutely adore the chorus Just try stealing that chord progression and then write your own song off of it. And maybe the most important thing here that at least has helped me a lot. And this one may sound less practical, but I think is even more helpful. At least it's been more helpful for me. Tell yourself this song is just for fun and no one will ever hear it. It's an experiment. The reason I think this is powerful is a lot of the reason we've gotten in our own heads is we fast forward in our, in our heads, right? We're sitting to start a song or to finish a song. And we're already thinking about how will the audience react? How many plays will this get on Spotify? Will I get mean YouTube comments based on what I do? Which, by the way, the answer is yes, no matter who you are or what it is, right? there's no there's not a single artist that everybody likes not a single artist that everybody likes right people get upset that i make very clear i don't care for taylor swift that's okay you can be upset by that Uh, i don't understand why people get upset by that because like you know taste is a thing right it's just there's many reasons why i just don't care for what she does i just don't Uh, that's not to say that i don't think she has any good songs or anything like that it's just overall not a fan it's not not my style um and you know what? I'm not a huge fan of the Beatles either. I think I, they just don't do it for me in the way that they do it for seemingly tons of other people. And all of that is okay. Because frankly, those artists don't give a rip that I don't like them. Which, by the way, you shouldn't either. I, I, I don't understand why people get upset about that. And, you know, e- each of us might not like each other's music. And that's okay too. Because taste is a thing, Right? We all need to just let it go a little bit that no matter what we do, not everybody will like it. No matter how good what we do is, not everybody will like it, right? That's that's just the absolute reality. Some of you will listen to this podcast, maybe it'll be the only podcast you ever listen from me and you decide that guy is not the guy that I want to listen to. Totally fine, right? If, If you're the type of person that you want to pump out music every two seconds and you never want to edit your songs and you never want to get better at songwriting and you just are thinking about like, oh, I just want to get on the pop music charts. I'm not the guy for you. I'm not. That's not that's not what I'm trying to teach. I want to teach you to write songs that you're proud of and for us to concentrate on trying to each write better music, not to be obsessed with the end goal. 
if you want somebody to lie to you about how to write a hit song, you can go somewhere else because I'm not going to talk to you about that because I think everybody who talks about that is lying because, well, <laughs> nobody really knows how to do that. Uh, even the people that you think might don't because even the most popular artists have duds. And if they knew how to write a hit song, they wouldn't have duds. Uh, anyway, that is a whole tangent that, I, that is not a part of this episode. But anyway, we all need to sometimes <laughs> chill a little bit, let it go. People are not, not everybody's going to like what we do, no matter what it is, whether it's me making this podcast or you or I writing songs. Not everybody's going to like it, no matter how good it is. We have to accept that. But even beyond that, I think there's something powerful about telling ourselves this song is just for me and only I will see it. It's like the difference between writing an essay that you're going to give to your teacher or that you know your friends are going to proofread and writing in your journal, where the context of writing in your journal is no one will ever read this. I have a stupid lock on it and everything so that nobody will ever see what's inside. Now, maybe we're deluding ourselves that nobody will see what's inside a, the, the journal, but there's something psychologically about that that allows us to let go in a way that we simply are not going to when we have in our head, someday somebody will hear this. Someday somebody will see this. So I think something very powerful is when writing a song, tell yourself, this is just for fun. Nobody's ever going to see it. And by the way, for most songs we write, that probably is going to be true. That probably is going to be true. We'll probably write parts of songs or even finish songs that never see the light of day because we don't want to have them show the light of the day, right? All of our favorite artists, as many songs as we've heard of them, They've written way more songs that we will never, ever, ever, ever hear because they've never played them live or they played them live once. And it was like before the YouTube days. So nobody got a recording of it and it will never be on an album or EP or single or whatever it is they release. So I think that's another powerful thing we can do is tell ourselves and, and you know, we're not lying to ourselves either. It's there's a good chance that this is just for fun and no one will ever hear it. And by the way, if it's great, we may change our mind and be like, just kidding, people are going to see this. But that's fine, because the reason we put it out is we're like, actually, this one is pretty good. So th then you probably won't be ashamed to actually release it. So I, I think that psychological shift can be very helpful. Number two. Thing number two that I think gets in the way of us finishing songs. And look, <laughs> I'm going to admit, this next one uh, I actually felt bad with some of the comments I saw where I'm like, huh, uh, I think I'm at least partially at fault for this, which we'll, we'll get into. We've let ourselves obsess over quality and ignore efficiency. Uh, one quote to go along with this. I don't dare to actually start writing anything because I feel like I need to learn more in order to be able to write something that sounds good and is meaningful in any way. Now, like every quote I've given so far, I think this is coming from a great place and has some very valid points. In fact, everything everybody said I thought was, was like, yep, totally makes sense. Totally understand how you, how you got there. Um, but th this is something that I probably spend way too much time thinking about, but I let, there's something to me that's so powerful about the tension in any art form between overthinking and underthinking. So there, there, there are those people that pump out a song in an hour and don't understand those of us that are like, oh yeah, awesome. I had a great year. I wrote 
15 to 20 songs this year. And they're like, dude, I wrote 15 to 20 songs in the last 10 days. There are those people um, that in, in their case, probably what would be best for them is to think about taking some time to really work through the lyrics and edit the melody and edit the lyrics, tweak some things, maybe consider trying some different song forms instead of, because probably if you're writing a song in an hour, which we're going to touch on in a little bit, but probably you're using some of the same song forms over and over. You're probably not doing very different chord progressions most of the time, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But like probably all of your songs are kind of all on the simpler side, which maybe there's nothing wrong with. But probably for that person, it would be good for them to try to stretch themselves and to obsess a little more about quality and a little less about efficiency. But some of the rest of us, looking at myself very specifically, for sure, on this one, probably put too much pressure on quality to the point that sometimes we don't give enough love to efficiency. Or to sometimes just letting go of the quality element completely, and even just as an exercise, working on efficiency. And I think the key here is for each of us, we should try to stretch ourselves in both directions, not just one direction. So we shouldn't just focus on quality, but should also focus on improving efficiency or sometimes writing songs with efficiency as the ultimate value rather than quality. And for some of the rest of us, um, pro probably more songwriters lean towards the second one, I think, than first, but probably most people who listen to this podcast lean towards the first rather than the second because they listen to me. Um, <laughs> so probably uh, more of you than not are more my style of you care more about so much about quality that maybe you almost lose track of efficiency uh, because, well, a lot of the efficiency obsessed people got mad at me years ago and left angry comments and left. Uh, but maybe you're, the, you're someone who is a little more about efficiency than you are about quality, if you're honest with yourself. And in that case, it's better to stretch yourself even more so on, okay, you've proven that you can write a song a day. Great. But now can you prove to yourself that you can take your okay, middling, good enough song that you can write every day and turn it into a really good song, right? So instead of having a million unmemorable kind of just okay songs where it's kind of just lucky when you have one that is actually pretty good, instead learning how to edit and craft what you came up with into something good. So focusing more on quality. But again, this is something that I, th I think we, we all need to learn to stretch ourselves in both directions. So if you're somebody that leans more efficiency, not so much quality, find a new detail to obsess over, right? Maybe you just, the, a part of the reason that you're so efficient is you always sort of phone in the chord progression. Really learn to start getting more interesting in your chord progressions, or maybe dive deeper into editing melodies or dive deeper into different ways to craft lyrics or different ways to tell stories with your lyrics rather than maybe the same formulas that you tend to use over and over and over again. And for those of us that 
maybe are more on the we obsess more than enough about quality, but not enough about like, you know, getting stuff done um, or just once in a while trying to force ourselves to write something quickly. Let go and and simply force yourself to let go of your ego for a second. And just go. Right. Just just go. And again, I am very much talking to myself here. So if you feel like you're, I don't know why you would feel like you're being attacked by this, but if for some reason you are, you're not. <laughs> There's very much talking to myself here. Idea number three. Maybe we need to simplify and then come back. And let me give some, some quotes that I think are connected to this and we'll dive into addressing this. I'm sick and tired of sitting around not writing anything finally coming up with a verse or two, and then not being able to expand on that from there. Another quote, my biggest struggle in songwriting is assigning chords to a song I've written or finding interesting chords and melodies. I know stock chord progressions are bad, which I, let me address that real quick. Probably the way I talk, you would think that what I'm saying is stock chord progressions are bad. Let me re-clarify. I feel like I've clarified this before, but I want to re-clarify because the fact that somebody said this makes me think I have not been clear enough about this. Stock chord progressions are not in and of themselves bad. It's just one of those things where we are missing an opportunity to dive deeper and get more creative if we rely only on stock chord progressions. And if our primary way of writing songs is simply to pick a wholesale stock chord progression. To me, there's a world of difference between sitting at your piano and you realize that after taking your time and figuring out some interesting piano riff or whatever, you find out that it basically is outlining one, five, six, four. To me, it, same end result, sort of, right? You get the basically a one, five, six, four chord progression. To me, that process that gets to that sort of same result is infinitely better than the process of just being like, oh, I'm just going to use one, five, six, four, because it's been used a million times. To me, the difference between those is massive, right? Um, it's okay to do either of them sometimes. I just think that you're really limiting yourself as a songwriter if you always do the just borrow the same old chord progressions. Uh, so just to be clear, if and it probably does come from something I said, but Stock chord progressions are not in and of themselves bad. They're just very limiting. Um, anyway, so I know stock chord progressions are bad, but I don't know where to start with chords. I don't really want to dive too deep into music theory, and I still would prefer easy and common chords in my song, but creative progressions if possible. Now, at the end, maybe we're getting a little bit into you can't have your cake and eat it too, uh, perhaps, where it's like, well... I mean, music theory is is what will help you to make more interesting chord progressions more easily. Uh, at some point, I don't know what to tell you, or it's like I maybe give music theory a shot. But um, but but anyway, I do think there's something to simplifying and then coming back. So I mentioned before, push ourselves both in quality and quantity, and we need to practice patience to take promising to good, right? Because sometimes we'll write something and it's promising, but it's not actually good. That's probably most songs that, if you ever write a song in an hour, I can almost guarantee that at best it's promising, not good. 99 times out of 100. 
Sometimes, yeah, a great song comes, sure. But most of the time, it's probably a song with a lot of promise. Maybe you nailed the chorus, but the verses are lackluster. Or the lyrics of the verses are not cohesive or the melody of the bridge is just absolutely phoned in. There's almost definitely going to be parts that that just have potential but aren't actually good. Um, but I think there is something to simplifying the songwriting process and coming back. So to, to address the, I know stock chord progressions are bad comments specifically on this. Maybe there's something to write three songs in a row where you're like, I am literally going to do a stock chord progression. I'm just going to simplify, force myself to do that and then come back and then maybe be like, okay, let me take one chord and make it something that's not just the most simple major minor chord. Let me put one sus chord in my chord progression. Let me use one uh, inversion where I have a, a another note in the bass other than the root of the chord. And at the beginning, I talked about that. I would, I would mention what personally I have been doing to help myself in these areas that at least has been working for me and hopefully will work for you. So what I've been doing is essentially forcing myself because obsessing over quality is not a problem I have. It's not. Very much it's I'm, I'm in the camp that needs to get over myself to an extent and sometimes just force myself to write fast. So because of that, I and from conversations with Chad and and just just sort of the thing that was bothering me is like I think my bottleneck is is just getting out of my own head beyond the fact that my real bottleneck is recording vocals. That's my real bottleneck for releasing music because uh, I have way more songs written than I have released. That's my biggest problem. But from a purely songwriting standpoint, de definitely working on obsessing a little bit more with efficiency and practicing efficiency is something that I, I, I knew I should do. So something I decided to do, and I've done five nights in a row now. I will be doing it a sixth night in a row right after I record this. Well, probably after I edit this, but neither here nor there. Is I set a timer on my phone for an hour. And I force myself to finish a song. So my goal is to start and finish a song or at the very least, once in a while, I'll have a song idea that I kind of started. Uh, I guess one time out of the five I did this and I said, no, you're going to sit and absolutely finish the lyric. Now, to be clear, when I say finish the lyric, that means finish a viable draft of the lyric. That's not guaranteeing that I will not edit it later. So the, the point is, I have an hour, and I'm going to be biased towards done, not perfect. Perfect can come later. Perfect in quotes, obviously, because nothing art-wise is going to be perfect. Um, but the goal is draft complete. And a beautiful thing that comes with this is when you know that you're forcing yourself to write a song in an hour, you think, even if it sucks, who cares? I lost an hour of time. It's not like a song where you've already invested 100 hours into it. So if it sucks after you've already invested 100 hours into it, you're just not going to allow that to happen, right? Psychologically, you're like, no, I must obsess over every little thing. But it's something very freeing about, look, it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm going to go to bed at midnight. And if this song sucks, I just 
you know, got some reps at songwriting and got some reps at working on the efficiency side of songwriting. And I end up with a song idea that I do nothing with. Big whoop, right? It's one hour of time. It's one hour that ends up just being practice. Or a good scenario is you come up with something with a heck of a lot of potential and frankly already has a lot going for it, right? Maybe you already have the music for the whole song that you think is actually pretty good. And maybe it's the lyrics that were like, ah, the chorus needs a little bit of tweaking and the verses need a lot of work. But hey, for an hour's worth of work to have something that's really promising throughout the entire song and some stuff might not even need to be edited that much from there. Maybe the verse melody and the bridge melody is already great and the chorus melody is at least close to there. And one of the the things I learned from uh, failing at least one of the five days, uh, I I believe one of the five days, uh, one and a half of the days, I guess, sort of. (laughs) I, I failed on the endeavor to start and finish uh and something i a few things i learned to make it easier on yourself because because this is key right to ask yourself to do some really interesting different song structure and to have like three really interesting chord progressions and a different chord progression for every song section and you know you have verses and pre-choruses and post-choruses and choruses and bridges you have so many song sections the more complex you make it the more it's just it's just you're not going to finish a song in an hour right so it forces you to simplify uh, so my recommendation is for this keep your song structure simple verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus or verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus or maybe even just verse chorus verse chorus and Again, later, if the song has potential or if you think, man, the verse straight into the chorus really feels like it needs a pre-chorus in between. Great. You can write that later. Right. But for this first hour, make it easier on yourself and just decide you're going to do some the most basic song structures. It's just going to make it way easier. And then also keep the chords simple. Continue. Consider one or two progressions or riffs for the whole song. Don't overcomplicate where where you're like, I'm going to have a really interesting piano riff for the verse and a totally different, really interesting guitar uh, piano riff for the the chorus. Make it simple. Consider just using the one riff or the one bass line or the one chord progression for the whole song or do something where it's like, all right, the verse and the chorus will have the same chord progression, but the bridge, fine, we'll write a second one. And then keep the song outline simple. And by that, I mean use what some people call song maps. I usually refer to them as outlines because I don't love the map terminology, although I may change my mind on that. Map just feels like it's trying to be a fancy term, but is actually less precise. But anyway, whatever you want to call them, I don't think it matters. But I'll give you three that I think are easy to use that you can just plug and play. If you're going to do this tonight, just literally use one of these. The first one is verse one, you introduce the problem. Then the chorus, you talk about what it would feel like if this problem was resolved. And then in the second verse, you sort of continue off of the chorus idea. But now you're talking about what it would look like if the problem was resolved. So what would it feel like if the problem was resolved in the chorus? And then what it actually would look like? More real details, a little less feeling, a little more facts uh, in your second verse projecting out what would this future look like if i actually achieve this not what would it feel like which i cover in the course but what it would look like and then the bridge 
maybe talk about, you know, what has to be overcome to get to the resolution. By the way, want to give credit where it's due. This is adapted off of something that Andrea Stolpe talks about, I believe specifically in her book on, I forget the name of her book, something about 10 steps. But anyway, Andrea Stolpe, credit where it's due. Um, There's an adjustment on hers, but it largely comes from an idea from her. Another one, also from her, from the same book. Verse one, future, how would I like things to be? So the first verse is literally talking about this future you dream of. The chorus is the present. How are things actually right now? Verse two is the past. How do things used to be? You know, how do we how do we get here? We've covered the future I'm looking for. We've covered now what the present actually looks like. Now let's rewind the clock and say, how did we get here? And then in the bridge, you can say, how can things change? And hey, is it going to be all right? This present situation is, am I going to get myself out of it if it's negative or maybe the present situation is already positive? And then the third one, I just want to give you three because I don't want to get too overwhelming here, but. Verse one, show the tension, show this, this thing that you want. Then in the chorus, respond to that tension. Be like, what, what is your response to this thing that you want and don't have? And then in verse two, talk about what the response will actually look like. This is very similar to the first outline I gave, uh, but slightly different. So what are you actually going to do rather than just what you're feeling? And then in the bridge, how you're feeling about the response that you ended up going with. So show the tension in the first verse, then in the chorus, actually respond to the tension, what you're going to do, and then talk about what that response will actually look like. Again, sort of just building off of the idea you presented in the chorus, but now getting a little more about facts, a little less about feelings. And then in the bridge, how you are feeling about the response, right? It's your last chance to, to say, here's how I'm feeling about this response before one last time addressing what that response actually was, which you talked about in the chorus. So struggling with finishing songs seems to be one of the recurring things. We've got Because we've gotten in our own heads, we've let ourselves obsess over quality and ignore efficiency. And again, some people fit in the other camp, but people in the other camp, they're not, their problem isn't finishing songs. Their problem is making songs that they're, uh, you know, that are well-crafted and good, probably. Um, but finishing is not the problem. It's that they consider a song finished earlier than they probably should. Um, so really, I guess this whole episode is really for those of us that struggle with the opposite, which is, you know, when we do finish, maybe it's good, but it takes too freaking long to finish sometimes. Uh, or worse, we just get paralyzed and don't finish at all, which is the worst of all. Um, and then number three, maybe we need to simplify and come back. And again, the idea for simplifying, set a timer. Force yourself to write a song in an hour. Keep it simple. Do something like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, done. So, you know, you have three sets of lyrics to write. You have a really simple song structure. Uh, you have very few melodies you need to write, right? You need two melodies, your chorus melody and your verse melody. If you don't have a bridge, two melodies you got to write, right? So you can have call, answer, and then that's repeated in the verse. Call, answer in the chorus, that's repeated in the chorus. Boom, done, right? <laughs> it can be that simple. You're essentially writing four phrases for a melody and you could have a full song. Probably should do a little bit more, maybe six or eight, but start simple. Make it as easy as possible. The goal is to finish 
not for it to be great. You can edit it into something great later, or you can simply use this as an exercise at getting out of your own head, which I think we all could use. Certainly I could use it. And based on the comments I saw in the survey, I think a lot of you could use it too. So hopefully this was helpful to you. If it was something you can always do to help me out is to leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, like the video if you're watching on YouTube, drop a comment down below. Let me know, by the way, what is your biggest songwriting struggle? Let me know in the comments down below if you are on YouTube or maybe you're somebody who is on my email list and you ignored the survey before and now you're like, actually, now I kind of want to go fill out that survey, uh, especially because now I know he's literally making content off of what we're saying. Uh, so if so, I don't know, go dig up the email, respond to the survey. I certainly will look to see if there are any more, uh, people that fill it out, but also a ton of you filled it out. I think almost 50 of you filled it out. Super helpful. So thank you again to those of you who did that. It will help me serve all of you better. Uh, and again, if you haven't already, songwritertheory.com slash free guide for the new version of 20 different ways to start writing a song that will give you also something to, to utilize when you only have an hour. You only have an hour to write and finish the song. So you better have an idea of how you're going to start if you have any hope of finishing in an hour. So be sure to check that out. Songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. And I will talk to you in the next one. <laughs>